Hey y'all, I'm the County Chair, Chelsea Michael, and thank you for listening to the first episode of L.P. Hayes Presents from the Center, a podcast about libertarian things for libertarian people. You can visit our website at lphays.org. So over the past few years, we have seen a lot of progress in the field of cannabis reform in Texas. Within the past year alone, we've seen our governor of this great state go from I will never sign that to I'm open to negotiations. At the forefront of this battle has been the director of Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, Heather Fazio, and she's joined us today to talk about the cannabis reform in Texas. So welcome, Heather, and uh, tell us a little about yourself, what got you started in all of this. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you. I am uh, really privileged to do work that I love and feel passionate about. I've been an activist and involved in politics since 2008 and 2009. Uh, I started working full-time for the Libertarian Party in 2010 and met some wonderful people. And the best part about working on marijuana policy now is that all my old friends are on board (laughs) with the cause, um, which is really great. So we get to continue working together. Uh, So I've mostly worked on privacy and civil liberties issues over the years and now focused full time since 2014 on marijuana policy in Texas. And we are working on building a a broad coalition of organizations and individuals working to advance the cause. Uh, We see that marijuana is bringing people together. And when we have such incredibly politically polarized times that we're living in, where we can find agreement, we have to. And oftentimes, libertarian issues do just that. They bring people together. And so really what my job is is helping to effectively communicate the the effective arguments, giving people the tools that they need to move forward with advocating for themselves and for their families and communities about why we need to change the terrible laws that we have on the books in Texas. And you focus on health care, the people who need it for um, PTSD and things like that. What's your major focus with that? Well, we have two primary uh, priorities. One is reducing penalties for low-level possession, and the other is, as you mentioned, medical cannabis for patients. You know, Texas has the Compassionate Use Program that's been in effect since 2015 when it was passed with a supermajority in the House and the Senate that gave those with intractable epilepsy access to low-THC cannabis. And while that was a historic moment in Texas history where the legislature acknowledged that cannabis is in fact medicine, it leaves so many people behind. And that's why we've been working hard to make the Compassionate Use Program more inclusive for patients. As you mentioned, PTSD is a condition that we know cannabis can help alleviate the suffering that people go through. We talk about veterans a lot with PTSD, which is certainly an important angle to that, but so many people can can suffer from PTSD for an array of reasons. We'd also like to see conditions like cancer, multiple sclerosis included, chronic pain, so that we can use cannabis as an alternative to opiates, which we know to be dangerous and addictive, causing an an epidemic in our country right now. Uh, Cannabis is helping to reduce the instances of prescriptions for painkillers, and it's showing results in there are fewer opiate overdose deaths in states that allow safe and legal access to this medicine. So we'd like to see the program more inclusive so that people have the option to work with their doctors doctors if they think that cannabis can help them. There are currently three licensed companies in Texas, which is seems very small, but actually the market is very small. I mean, less than 600 patients have actually benefited from this program so far. Licensing fees are, are incredibly high, which means that this uh, the companies are in the red 
right now. Um, and you know, I'm a pro-business, free market kind of girl, and uh, if we allow more people access, we're going to see more dispensaries opening up, more reasonable um, licensing fees, and really it's going to work itself out that way if, we're, if and when we are successful <laughs> uh, this legislative session. So, well, you have a really rewarding career. I'm kind of jealous. But um, so what has been like the greatest, proudest achievement you've had so far, the moment where you're just like, wow, all this is totally amazing? Ah, okay, so outside of marijuana policy, uh, in 2013, I was working on a campaign in, Sa in uh, San Antonio. There was a school district that was requiring students to wear RFID, radio frequency identification tracking devices, in their ID badges. Like a puppy. <laughs> yeah, um, but worse, because these are active microchips. So oh, there are two yeah. types of RFID tags, the kind you, you put into a, a door to get in, to like a key, and then there's another one that emits a signal constantly that can be read by anyone that has an RFID reader with the identifying information that's on it. So our concern, my overarching concern, is how reprehensible it is to be looking at our kids as inventory or yeah. livestock, which is, as we know, a lot of the way that government looks at us and just totally manifested itself in this pilot program in the uh, school district in San Antonio. Well, there was one student and her family that fought back, and so we rallied Only behind one? her. Well, there were some, okay. there Making were, sure. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> there were many that actually uh, were opposed to it, but um, Andrea Hernandez really stood out on that and stood her ground, and risking being expelled from this um, uh, magnet school. It was an uh, uh, engineering oh, wow. magnet school. Exactly. But not wanting to wear an ID. Right. Well, yes, that's right. A tracking that's how device. You make baby libertarians. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, and this was a good learning opportunity for a lot of the kids, not yeah. only in standing up for yourself, but how the process works. And so we not only rallied, you know, on the, the corner of the, the, the streets out there at the school district office, um, but we went in and we worked with the um, board members and we testified at the uh, meetings that they had about this. We worked with state lawmakers. There was a federal lawsuit, and when it was all said and done, we were successful in getting oh, them yay. to stop moving forward with that program, and kids are no longer required to wear tracking devices at that school. That's amazing. So, man, I can't believe they put tags on kids. They tried. So, um, back to the marijuana reform, though, what has been the greatest struggle with it? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that one of the biggest struggles is dealing with persistent pessimism. Um, there is good reason to be jaded. <laughs> uh, politics is tough and it is ugly and it is def often very defeating, but we create the world we live in by the energy we put out. And by having people who are supportive, but saying it's never going to happen in Texas, they create that energy. And that is probably the hardest thing because it's demoralizing to those, uh, not to me, but to mm -hmm. those around us um, who uh, maybe won't show up at the lobby day. Like, Oh, you're going to see me there. Yeah. I was going to have you talk about that in a minute, actually. <laughs> Very good, yes. Um, so. so just that, that mentality of, of d defeat. And it's, I actually find it to be really, so it's kind of annoying, but it's actually really sad, too, um, to live in, a, in a, this mindset that you can't win at something when it is the right thing, yeah. when you know it is the right thing to do, it's the right side of history, and to be so negative about it, um, you know, we, 
so many of us have um, not been a part of winning, so we don't know what it looks yeah. like and what it feels like. And so this is going to be really excited when we win because we're going to have a whole another generation yeah. of people who have been a part of it who can move forward with fighting the other injustices that we see that are so very prevalent at the, the federal, state, and local level. Okay. So before I do get to the last question, do you mind talking about the lobbying day that's coming up? Just letting listeners know about it, and what's going on, where to go? Yes, we are hosting a lobby day. This is a third session. We've all been working together in our third lobby day, February 7th, which is uh, this coming Thursday. And I don't know when this is airing. If you're listening to this after February 7, 2019, um, there will be uh, news about it, I'm sure, and there's still going to be work to be done. Uh, but we're going to be gathering. We have over 300 people already registered to participate, which is about how many we had last time, actually a little bit more. And so we're really thrilled to be coming to the Capitol and giving people the tools that they need to advocate. So we're going to be doing a training in the morning. So we're going to go over the policies, going over some etiquette on what to expect when you go in. And then we're going to break up into teams and we're going to hit the halls of our state Capitol. Sounds so exciting. It is exciting. I'm going to be there. <laughs> it is exciting. And so we'll give everybody the materials that they need and we're going to go in teams. So if you've never been to the Capitol, if you've never done this before, this is a, a good place to start. So it's exciting. So and for the last question, in October of 2018, it was reported by the Texas Observer that Greg Abbott opened his mind to marijuana decriminalization, kind of. What has been your experience with Governor Abbott, uh, Abbott when it comes to this particular statement? Is he showing interest? Is he holding it up? Or yeah. was it smoke? Well, I, I knew that you were going to ask about that, which is why I didn't say that that was one of the biggest things that I was most excited about, because it was huge. Yeah. I mean, we have all, as advocates, felt like we are just beating our heads against a brick wall with Governor Abbott because he's giving us no feedback. He won't meet with anyone. He wouldn't make any public statements. And then in the live televised debate, he gets asked about marijuana and he just lets it all out that he's open to reducing penalties for low-level possession. And while he doesn't support a medical program all in yet, um, he still has some concerns. He did say that advocates are making compelling arguments, That's particularly good. veterans and parents of disabled children. Really good. And, you know, I, I've mentioned medical cannabis being one of our priorities and the other priorities reducing penalties. So that was really exciting. And that came on the heels of the Republican Party of Texas, including in their platform, finally something positive on reducing penalties. And in fact, they're in favor of a civil penalty approach, which is exactly what our priority is. We want to eliminate the arrest, the jail time, and most importantly, the criminal record that comes along with even a small amount of marijuana. And it, it, the criminal record is so critical um, to getting rid of because of the collateral consequences yeah. that come along with a conviction, you know, hindered access to education, employment, housing, uh, currently your driver's license is suspended for six months. And in Texas, Texas, your license to carry, your right to self-defense suspended for seven years. Yeah. So the simple possession of a plant that we know to be objectively safer than alcohol. Yeah, I went to that conference, was it June? I don't remember when it was. August. Last year, August. Yes. And I, it was the first time I learned about how you cannot have a weapon and marijuana, otherwise you're a felon. And I just could not believe that was a thing. Yeah. So, so as such 
crazy outdated laws and you know that's uh, that's just the flower so you get and and, the, and having a gun and so yeah. having the flower of up to like four ounces or something is, uh, is a misdemeanor but increasingly popular are concentrated products oils infused products and those are felonies automatically yeah. so if you have a drop of oil in your vaporizer it is a felony mm. if you have one gummy bear left in your suitcase from your trip to one of the 10 states that now allow it to be legal for adult use, um, that's a felony. And what's worse is that they charge you for the entire weight. So if you have a, a cookie, they're going to charge you for the entire weight of the cookie rather than just the, the cannabis that's in it. And so we are working with lawmakers to, one, pass a, a kind of truth and assessment bill that says that they have to identify how much cannabis is in it, and they can only prosecute you for that much. And then the other legislation relating to concentrates reduces the penalty. It brings the first two categories down into misdemeanor range. And so ultimately, we'd like to see a regulated market where there's reasonable, um, you know, requirements and regulations. You know, tax and regulate is, is a bad. Both are bad words yeah. in Texas, and um, I, I'm with that. But I also know that the marijuana isn't going to be the first truly free market. And yeah. so as we advocate, that's right. And so as we, as libertarians, advocate for more sensible policies, keeping these things in mind and holding them accountable. You know, yeah. Republicans talk a lot about limited government. They talk a lot about the free market, but their policies do not reflect. No. those values um, and Texans have those values and so we have to hold them accountable not only in the lawmaking process but also in the regulatory process and this is one place where I really think that libertarians can step up in Texas and across the country is fully participating in the regulatory process they take public comment and they take it seriously with the, the compassionate use yeah. program is my experience and if we are making those arguments about making sure that barriers to entry are low that the that the, the rules and regulations are reasonable. I mean, we saw some attempts with DPS, actually it was the executive branch, really trying to crack down and, and regulate this stuff like it's plutonium, but it's cannabis, something that's never yeah. killed a single human in history. And here they are wanting to have armed DPS troopers on site at every facility 24-7. And it just goes to show what the, where the disconnect is. And I think that libertarians have a big opportunity. In fact, you know, the Reason Foundation just recently joined our coalition, oh, which wow. was another big moment for yeah. me as a libertarian. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> really big. And, and the reason why they started working on a drug policy, marijuana policy in particular, is because of that precise reason. That in the um, effort to stop the injustice of caging people, we kind of were like, okay, We'll, we'll do whatever y'all want. We'll go through all of these hoops and hurdles, pay these extra fees, allow big government because we're desperate to keep people out of cages. And we have to know that we're on the winning side now and we don't have to continue down that road. Yeah. Um, and so bringing our allies together, it's traditionally been left-leaning folks that have been working on this issue and tax and regulate aren't bad words for them. <laughs> yeah. And so us coming in together and working together uh, with conservatives, liberals alike, and uh, affecting policy changes at the state level, at the federal level is important too, but of course we're working here on both the statutory side with our lawmakers as well as the regulatory side with the Department of Public Safety. So, okay, I know we're out of time, but I would talk about this for a long time. <laughs> so, but, well, that's all for today. Thank you, Heather, for coming out and speaking with us. And uh, 
Thank you all for listening to the first podcast of LP Hayes Presents from the Center. And I want to give a special thanks to our communication director, Rick Hubbard, for recording and producing this whole thing. Uh, If you enjoyed the podcast, let us know. Your feedback is always appreciated. Uh, And like I said, you can find us at lphayes.org or uh, Facebook at LPHayesTX. And we're also on Twitter, Instagram, and MeWe, correct? So we'll be back next month with our next guests. If there's anyone you'd like to have, let us know. Towards Liberty.